Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you are having a great day. And a special shout out to my good friend, Yoshiko Dart, civil rights leader. Yoshiko, we love you. And here we go. How about those 17 countries that listen to the show? Ireland. Ireland, one week, you were second place out of months. But this week, you're right on top. My great listening audience in Ireland. Ireland, we love you. Whatever you're doing there, keep spreading the news. We are heard in 17 countries, even Iceland. So, in Iceland, whoever is there listening, I don't care if it's one person, you keep listening. And then I want to give a big thanks to Highmark, who has been the lead sponsor of this show for the past three years, helping me change lives. And that gets to our guest today, because we have two of my favorite people. Jeremy Shapira, who is the Strategy Manager, Inclusion and Diversity Officer for Giant Eagle, and Kirsten Crosby, Manager Director, Corporate HR Service Delivery, Diversity and Inclusion for FedEx Ground. Jeremy and Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joyce. It's good to be here. Thank you, Joyce. Well, it's always my favorite thing to have, wow, two disability rights leaders right here in my hometown, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But, you know, that's what makes it awesome. A lot of times you hear about disability rights leaders in other parts of the United States, but here we have Jeremy and Kirsten right here, and I have something to say before I begin talking to them, and that is they are the real deal, okay? They're genuine, genuine and passionate about improving the employment of people with disabilities. So today I want to talk about this exciting, exciting Consortium, the Disability Inclusion Consortium in Pittsburgh. But first, I'd like to talk about the two of you. Uh, Jeremy, let's start with you. What caused you to become interested in furthering the employment of people with disabilities? Uh, Joyce, first of all, I just want to uh, thank you and your audience for the opportunity to talk with everyone today. you know, I actually was not involved in this effort uh, before 2013. Uh, at, at that point, I had the opportunity to work on a pilot called 21 Enable uh, with the United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, uh, where we were testing how to uh, employ more high schoolers uh, uh, into a competitive work environment uh, before that they would graduate and then lose their funding. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually was not even that, to be honest, in, I wasn't that interested in the project until we started hiring people. Uh, and 
the first high schooler that we hired and helped be successful, all of a sudden an enormous light bulb went off over my head and I said, aha, not only am I helping the company find great team members, but I am involved in uh, changing uh, this person's lives, their family, family's lives, the community, etc. And it just was a win-win-win for everybody. Uh, and I didn't have to do that much work to make it happen. Uh, and it just, uh, it all clicked, and I realized this is really good work, and that's what set me going. Well, you have a culture of employing people with disabilities at Giant Eagle uh, that was really started by your father. And just for all of you listening, um, I know if you're in Pennsylvania or many other states, you know of Giant Eagle. But you know what I always tell people with disabilities? I tell them, go to where a company is that cares about you, and hires people. And that would absolutely be Giant Eagle. Kirsten, how about you? How did you become involved? Well, Joyce, I've always had a personal passion for disability inclusion in general. Um, And then an opportunity presented itself uh, to me when I was actually not in the seat that I am currently holding right now with FedEx Ground. I was was more of a field-based. HR professional, but Jeremy had uh, started partnering, and Giant Eagle specifically started partnering with the United Way on a project called 21 and Able that really focuses on um, employing disabled youth uh, who, are, who are coming out of high school. That is the t- target demographic for, for the program. And, you know, through the program, they would ask employers to, you know, provide funding and have an embedded career transition professional on site to assist with the strategy and and break down barriers to increase um, your disability hiring uh, demographic moving into an organization. I was so blown away by by Jeremy's passion for this and the structure that he and the United Way had put around this program that I really went to the table um, with our executive leadership and we were able to bring kind of that, that goal to a reality, and, and we had successfully participated in that program for a number of years. We had also done some other things throughout the organization, that um, grassroots effort that really just were, was kind of crying out for a need for us to have a, a defined strategy around this. So it, it's kind of fueled my personal and professional passion and, and very, very excited to see where we're taking this now as an organization. Well, and once again, FedEx Ground, um, Many of you know about Disability Mentoring Day. One of the first companies uh, was Highmark, but but the second was FedEx Ground and has been a supporter for years and years, and I commend you for that. I just want to mention, you know, you all know, my listeners know, that for 20 years on a volunteer basis, I worked with high school students with disabilities until a year ago when I launched our not-for-profit, the Bender Leadership Academy. I just want to say you're missing out if you don't give high school students with disabilities a chance after they have graduated or as an intern before. You're missing out on great talent. So I hope you'll follow that lead that uh, Jeremy Kirsten and 21 Enable followed. So, Jeremy, 
how did you and Kirsten, and you can both pipe in on this, but how did you come up with the idea to create this disability inclusion consortium? Because I can remember, uh, Jeremy, when you called me and first talked about this. I mean, what caused you to do this? What, what made you do this? Well, it really was an outgrowth of 21 Enable, actually. Uh, and as Kirsten mentioned, uh, this concept of embedding uh, a professional job coach into organizations like Giant Eagle and FedEx Ground, uh, United Way was working as hard as it could to uh, sign up more companies uh, for this concept. And I, and I started to think that actually um, the embedded professional concept, while amazing and I'm completely committed to it, really should be thought of as one part of a much larger uh, disability employment strategy. And um, as I learned from my mentor, Randy Lewis, um, you know, the thing that we need to focus on to be more, su- more successful at employing more people with disabilities is we've got to help companies who might not really know how to go do this to figure out um, step one, step two, step three, step four, uh, on what to change in their own cultures to open the doors. Uh, and so uh, Kirsten and I, along with the team from the United Way of Southwestern PA, uh, created uh, this program, uh, which uh, um, is really meant to get as many companies from the Pittsburgh area involved. Some may be well down the path uh, and have figured out lots about how to do this. Some might have said, uh, uh, we want to do this but don't know how, and some might be just at the beginning steps. Uh, but the idea is to help each of them go through their own journey uh, and, like I said, uh, start opening up the doors to employ more people with disabilities. And, Kirsten, I guess you knew right from the beginning that FedEx Ground would support this idea? Well, I, I strongly suspected. So, you know, when, again, as we continue to think bigger of how can we expand 21 Enable and really turn it into a more holistic um, endeavor to, to really help meet companies where they are. And that was the part that appealed to me because to Jeremy's point, maybe organizations aren't ready for a, an embedded professional. Um, you know, that may be the, the aspirational hope for people to get there and organizations to get there, but it, it may be as simple as education and, and teaching and educating um, the business community on how to do more effective outreach and how to, you know, not just hire individuals with disabilities, but, but make their employee experience and their inclusion experience world-class so that you're an organization that's, that's well-known um, for doing it. It's part of educating the business community on the benefits of hiring individuals with disabilities. And, and the possibilities were absolutely endless and, and just very, very exciting. So, um, when when the proposal came to me, I was on board immediately um, and was confident that FedEx Ground would, would approve of our putting our name on it, and of course they did. So we're, we're kind of here today and, and, and very excited. We've had two successful meetings um, and are continuing the effort and, and really am just so optimistic about the future um, of not only the organization but, but for disability hiring in the Pittsburgh market. Um, and, and just as Jeremy, I have to thank you, Kirsten, for what you're doing, FedEx and Giant Eagle. Um, but I know how you feel about this personally. So thank you so much for your involvement. Now, Jeremy, um, you know, we have listeners, as you heard, throughout the world. But 
uh, even here in the United States, I know there are people wondering, okay, what is the Disability Inclusion Consortium? So would you mind describing that for our listening audience? Absolutely. As uh, as Kirsten uh, started to talk about, there it is a two-year process uh, during which we have quarterly meetings, so eight total meetings, uh, where we lead uh, the companies through sort of a step-by-step process. Uh, it starts with things as basic as um, do you have your... Uh, champions, your, your senior executive champions in the company identified who can carry the torch uh, across the company. And it ends with more uh, specific, detailed information like um, how do you make sure that you have the right policies and procedures in place? Um, have you developed uh, an employee resource group? Uh, items like that, things that uh, are critical to success, but not things that you necessarily need to start with on day one. Uh, and uh, we have a curriculum for each meeting, um, and we have been um, trying to uh, um, create an environment where it's not just lecture, 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 um, but uh, instead very discussion-based. And as Kirsten said, there are companies all along this continuum, and so we've been trying to get each of the companies to uh, be willing to stand up and say what their journey has been like, uh, regardless of how far down they are, the path, how far down the path they are, uh, and, uh, and really create an environment where, where the company representatives can learn from each other. Uh, and so far, I think it's been absolutely great. We've been getting really great feedback. Uh, you know, we are learning as we go. Uh, I wouldn't say that either Kirsten or I uh, feels like yeah, we have the perfect formula yet, but uh, it's been a really great uh, discovery process. Uh, and uh, I think so far the companies feel like they are um, really learning something substantial, so it's great. I think they do also because they are really so engaged at these meetings uh, and very interested. Everyone I've talked to tells me how much they enjoy these meetings that they attend. So, Kirsten, if someone is listening right now in the Pittsburgh area and they're thinking, wow, this sounds great. Uh, And just as Jeremy said, I love that these consortiums are held at a company. You know, the meetings are held at a company, just as, you know, the last one was at PNC, the next one is at FedEx Ground, the first one was at Giant Eagle. But I also will tell you that executive level people say a few words at these meetings. I love that it's at a company because this is like so business oriented and employment is all about the bottom line, return on investment. So, Kirsten, if someone is listening and they want to join, you know, this consortium, how do they get involved? Well, all of our invites and communications have been, um, you know, Jeremy and I personally kind of sign off on the letters, but the United Way of Pittsburgh has just been so, Allegheny County specifically, has been so helpful um, in, in maintaining communications and and, you know, signing people up. Um, so Megan Grabsky uh, is our, our connection at the United Way. Her name is Megan Grabsky. That's G-R-A-B, as in boy, S-K-I, at org. 
um, yes, we are uh, always looking for new members. And, and what's exciting is we don't necessarily pick up where we left off the last time, to Jeremy's point. We're, we're very fluid, um, and, and each meeting represents a different area uh, so that it keeps it fresh, keeps it new, and, and lots of interaction and great networking with other Pittsburgh area employers. For our next meeting, for example, we're, we're partnering with universities and agencies uh, to talk about outreach and making connections in the community and disability hiring, um, you know, using the resources that the community has to provide. So everything is different. Um, everything is, is really dynamic. So absolutely, if um, somebody's out there in the Pittsburgh business community and says, I really want to understand how to, to start um, you know, hiring more individuals with disabilities or increasing my inclusion strategy uh, to, to make sure that people are bringing their authentic selves to work that we have hired or feeling, um, you know, more comfortable in expressing themselves if they, they need accommodation or they need something different. Absolutely, please reach out to us. We would be glad uh, to have you join. Our next meeting is actually going to be hosted by FedEx Ground in September. Um, out near near the airport in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But we, we're very excited to, to kind of grow our membership base. I think we had 30 or 40 um, attendees for our first meeting. We believe exceeded that number by a good bit for the second. And for the third, we're projecting, you know, about 75 to 100 attendees. So then they're all generally unique businesses. So we're very excited for that. Please feel free to contact Joyce. They can feel free to reach out to me as well. Um, I'm sure if any of your listeners call in or write in, be glad to give my contact information, um, and, and I would help people get enrolled. That's right. Joyce, can I add something to that? Yes, you may. I, I think um, just to build off what Kirsten is saying, um, the really important point that companies should keep in mind if they're considering joining is this is all about how to help them run a better business, uh, and that, um, you know, the 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 key thing is that people with disabilities make great employees. Uh, the question is, how do you help facilitate them, facilitate getting them into the workforce, and how do you deal with accommodations and all of those things that come up to help them be successful? Uh, but as you said, Joyce, uh, this is not about charity. This is just about the companies figuring out how to have a great team. Yes, uh, and that part is so important, and I'm glad you said all of that. I'm glad you said, Jeremy, about helping companies have a better business. That is true. This is not about charity. I always say people with disabilities need paychecks, not pity, but you want a diverse workforce. You want people that are going to be there every day. You want people that think outside the box, and there is an untapped labor pool. Every time I speak, I'll tell people, in the Bender database, we have 30,000 people with disabilities ready to work. Add all the other sources that Jeremy and Kirsten are talking about, schools, uh, community you know, groups, service providers. There is a large group of people of course, if 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce, there is a large group. But it is all about the bottom line, all about return on investment. So you're not doing a nice thing. 
you're doing an investment to help your company. Uh, Jeremy, your sister, who I love, Laura, spoke at the first meeting at Giant Eagle. Uh, and that was wonderful. You know, here she is, CEO, um, and she took time to come to this meeting. And we all know, and my listeners know, it's hard to get a CEO to come to a meeting and speak. Um, and all of these meetings, Giant Eagle, PNC, and the next one at FedEx, and then at Highmark, um, all of the meetings are at companies. And my question is, why did you decide to have a key executive or a CEO such as Laura come and speak at these events? Why someone at that level? Well, first of all, um, and of course I can speak about this from firsthand knowledge. Laura loves what we do at Giant Eagle, and it wasn't very diff- it wasn't very challenging uh, to get her to agree uh, to come and speak because she just um, she just is completely. Uh, passionate about this work. So um, we, I think as Kirsten mentioned, uh, we have space reserved on every single one of the agendas uh, for a senior executive to speak. The reason is because ultimately this work has to, at a company that really isn't that far down the path, the, the company should be thinking of this as cultural change. Uh, and the way I think about what that change starts with is the biggest and sort of first hurdle that a company has to get over is getting over their own fear, fear of what uh, people with disabilities can or can't do. Uh, and that's, the, that's really the big challenge is, oh, gosh, I'm afraid we're going to hire people that just end up, that end up not being able to do the job. Um, and so... The reason why we think it's so important to have senior executives speak is because, as I mentioned earlier, it's the senior executive champion that has to kickstart that cultural change and to say, this is something that we care about. We are going to dedicate time and resources to figuring this out uh, and really to um, get that change moving and, and to get people to see that uh, ultimately if all you do is focus on what people can do, then the world is our oyster. Uh, it's when, when bias gets in the way and when people's fear gets in the way, that's when doors uh, remain closed. And so we just think that that uh, message coming from the top uh, is such uh, a critical part of getting, getting that cultural change going. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. And Kirsten, don't you even think that makes a difference to the people that attend when they see, wow, you know, this isn't just diversity inclusion officers. Oh, my goodness. These are executives uh, at the companies. Don't you think that really has an impact on the people who attend? I, not only do I think it has an impact, the, the quality of the message that the executives we have um, presenting to the group, the, the passion in their voice, the, the, you know, the emotion that is just running through the fabric of their remarks makes it clear that these organizations just aren't providing lip service. They are, you know, not talking the talk. They're walking the walk. They're doing it. And, and they're giving every organization great reasons why they should be not only trying to, to meet that bar but to raise it higher. It, it's just very inspirational um, and agreed, you know, those of us who work 
exclusively or, or primarily in the diversity and inclusion space, it's our job. You would expect us to get up there and kind of just emanate the message. But for, um, for these executives to come in and just tell their personal stories and their connection and why this is important to not only them but to the organization um, and, and providing just every good reason it's why you should be doing it and why it, it's just so critically important, not only from the social side and, again, the, that touchy-feely soft side, the, the do-right side of the business, but also the financial side as well. Um, it paints the complete picture and really brings it home for everyone as to, to why this issue matters and matters deeply for any organization. Yes, yes, it does. And it brings to light once again that it's all about return on investment. And with that, it's time for our news break that we have on the half hour. And today we have with us Perry Jude Radisick from Advocacy Matters, Disability Rights of PA. Perry, welcome for the news break. Hi, Joyce, and and thanks for having us. Uh, Today, uh, I want to bring everyone's attention to a deadline. Uh, It's this Friday, June 21st, and it's a deadline to make public comment on a national dialogue related to Section 14C of the Fair Labor Standards Act. And we've talked about Section 14C of the Fair Labor Standards Act before on disability matters. And Section 14C allows some workers with a disability to be paid a sub-minimum wage. And this law was passed in the last century. And in 1938, President Franklin Roosevelt was uh, working to put a stop to uh, child and adult (coughs) worker exploitation. But ironically, it uh, set a sub-minimum wage for people with disabilities. And it's an an archaic statute that's still law today. So many of us have been working to try to reform the law so that people, all people with disabilities can be paid at least a minimum wage. So at the Department of Labor, the Office of Disability Employment Policy has launched a national online dialogue to capture public information about this law, this Section 14C. So disability organizations, family members, people with disabilities, employers, researchers, and other stakeholders who have any experience with this Section 14C have been invited to share our ideas. And again, the the deadline for our comments are this Friday, June 21st. Now, uh, the process, I just want to warn people, the process is a little cumbersome. You have to visit a website called Ideascale. We have this all posted at disabilityrightspa.org. So if you go to disabilityrightspa.org, it's already posted on our website. You, you just click on our Advocacy Matters segment for today, and you'll find all of this information. You've got to create a username and password. You receive an email. You confirm that. Then you've got to navigate to the web page to comment on uh, this topic. Or you call the Office of Developmental uh, Disability Employment Policy to share a comment. So there's an easier way to do this. We explain it on our webpage. 
But the important thing today at Advocacy Matters is that it's time for the practice of paying people with disabilities a subminimum wage to end. So you can help us do that by commenting before Friday uh, on the 14C certificate and letting the uh, Department of Labor know it's time to reform this archaic law. Go to disabilityrightspa.org, find our segment for today on our homepage, and follow all of the instructions to make your comment by Friday. The deadline is Friday. Uh, Thank you so much. Perry, before you go, uh, did the comment period end for the order of selection with OVR? Yes, uh, we talked about this uh, two weeks ago. The comment period has ended, but I've got some great news here in Pennsylvania. Uh, the budget has not been completed. Uh, we are still fighting to get more funding for the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. Uh, Representative Dan Miller has introduced an amendment to add the additional money we are seeking uh, to balance that budget. So we have never given up. We're not giving up. And we're going to try to get the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation the money they need for this year. So the fight is not over, Joyce. Oh, that's good. Well, you keep that fight going. And Perry, thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Sure. Thank you. Um, well, you know... Look how much we have going on. I just want to say, I'll never forget when I went to this uh, organization and they had a blind person working there who could work elsewhere and they were paying him 10 cents an hour. Never forget that. So that really does have to go. Okay, well, Jeremy, back to our great disability consortium. Um I have a question. What are the types of corporate leaders that have joined? Like, are they all human resources professionals? You know, are they different types of vocations? And how about the size of companies? Do they all have to be, you know, large companies, you know, like a FedEx Ground or like a PNC uh, or Giant Eagle? I mean, what are the sizes of the companies? Um, so the first question, the answer to the first question is um, typically we see more senior level uh, HR professionals uh, representing the companies at each of the meetings. But that is not really a surprise, I think, to any of us just because um, you know, many of these companies are federal contractors and have to comply with Section 503 uh, regulations. So, you know, I, you know, it makes sense that an HR professional is thinking about uh, federal compliance, uh, and they started to say, okay, well, wait a second, we have to meet the 7% goal, uh, 7% of our employee base be people with disabilities, so, um, you know, what are we going to do to figure this out? And I think there are a lot of companies out there trying lots of things, but frankly are looking for uh, ideas and guidance on, on how to do this strategically. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I think it's totally fine that, that most people are HR professionals. Um, the, the question is, can these people uh, ignite the passion in the rest of their organization? And that's, of course, here, uh, what we're here to, to help them figure out. The size of the company does not matter at all. 
Uh, you know, obviously, Giant Eagle uh, can hire lots of people with disabilities. FedEx Ground has high hiring volume. They can hire lots of people. We have some companies that may only hire one or two people uh, with disabilities a year, and that is totally fine. One is more than zero. Uh, and frankly, the principles that we're teaching uh, apply to any size company. So um, we will take we'll take anyone. Yeah, and I... And I have seen uh, mid-sized companies attend. And, you know, why I'm bringing that up, 80% of the hiring is in the small business community. So if you're listening, I don't want you to think, oh, well, we're not the size of these companies. You don't have to be the size of those companies. You have to be a company interested in hiring people with disabilities. Uh, Kirsten. You have the next big event at FedEx Ground. Um, What are you planning? And you have taken a very firm stand, FedEx, in our community as a company leader in disability inclusion. Has it always been like that? You know, would you say it's part of the culture of FedEx? Uh, And as I asked at the beginning, what are your plans for our next event? Well, first of all, the next event is going to be amazing. Um, as I alluded to earlier, we are bringing in some agencies and universities uh, to partner with the organizations to help kickstart outreach and, and explaining, uh, providing a little bit of education and guidance, maybe some interactive time with the agencies for each of the attending businesses. Um, my, uh, I, we have the, the pleasure and honor of one of our executives telling the FedEx story as it relates to uh, diversity and inclusion and specifically the uh, disability hiring and employment initiatives that we have um, and, and, and the success that we've had with them and the return on the investment and all of the good things. I don't want to give anything away. I know what she's going to say, um, but, but I, don't want to, I want to have it as a teaser for anybody who wants to join us on that day. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be in the afternoon of sub- September 18th. Um, if anybody, again, is interested in joining, please reach out, and we will definitely get an invite out to you. Uh, we, we generally start with a light lunch and, and some networking time, and then we get right in, and it's always a jam-packed agenda. Um, so when, when we think about inclusion at FedEx Ground, um, Disability outreach and employment is a key part of our diversity and inclusion strategy that links directly to our organization's corporate people-first culture. Um, you know, our mission statement as an organization is we connect people with possibilities, and you know, disability hiring and inclusion is no different. We really seek to make every FedEx experience outstanding. Um, we believe that inclusion makes us better. So in furtherance of our strategy in this area, we, we do have a dedicated department um, that, that works almost exclusively on the development and enrichment um, of programs in, in the area of disability inclusion. Um, and, and it's exciting to watch this grow and to evolve. Um, we, we have great stories to tell throughout the organization and, you know, our use of technology, our strategic partnerships. Um, and just our size and scale, we really feel like we're able to make an impact on, on you know, in, in the United States as it relates to disability inclusion. And yes, you have. And, you know, I just want to say something. If you're listening to this show right now and you're thinking, 
oh, this would probably be hard. We haven't hired people with disabilities before. I just want to say, yes, you have. Yeah, they're working for you right now. They have depression, bipolar disorder, epilepsy, MS, you know, I could go on and on, hard of hearing. It's just they aren't telling you. And my opinion is that when you get involved in something like this consortium, you are taking back to your company the not only the intention of employing people, but changing the culture. And when em- other employees see that, it's amazing how things change about them talking about their own disability. So I wanted to mention that, and I also want to mention in many cases where there have been you know, national projects or state projects, it has been the not-for-profit world going to all these companies and saying, would you be involved? This is a very innovative workforce development uh, initiative when you realize these are companies. These are all companies inviting people and, and, you know, and making this happen. I just think that is awesome. I think that's because that is where the jobs are. The jobs are with corporate America and with the small business community, and of course, with government. But you know what I mean. This is where people are hired. That's why this is so awesome. Um, And and I just really applaud uh, Kirsten and Giant Eagle for what they are doing. So Jeremy, you've been doing this now. Have you noticed any key questions or concerns that companies have that already are part of the consortium? Well, actually, I feel like um, one of the key questions that companies have been asking so far is, when are we going to meet the recruiting agencies and the the universities and the agencies that are going to help us find people. Uh, And I think that, uh, and, you know, Kirsten just did a great job of explaining what's coming next. Uh, But I think the companies and the representatives are sort of itching uh, to sort of get going and to start meeting people and to start recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and we've been saying, although that is uh, obviously a critical part of the process, there are some cultural elements that we need to discuss first. Uh, And so... uh, and so I think everyone is sort of eager to get to meeting number three in September. Um, um, meeting number two was all about sort of the legalities around what can and can't be tracked uh, in terms of disability status, what can and can't be reported, um, why you can report some things and, and report others. Uh, I know for myself, I find all of those sort of rules and regulations very complex. Uh, and the last thing I want to do is get uh, Giant Eagle uh, into any, um, into any uh, trouble with what we're tracking and what we're reporting. So I tend to tiptoe around that and, and definitely depend on our uh, legal counsel to, to guide us through that. And I know that there are other companies out there who um, find it just as complex. So um, I, I would say so far those are sort of the two uh, main questions that companies have been asking us. Yes. And Kirsten, have you noticed the same thing? You know, is the main question about employing people? How to find people to employ? It, yes, but I will say, Joyce, that we see just a lot of questions about everything. And I, I think 
that's because people, you know, a lot of the organizations are small to mid-sized companies who may not have the resources um, and, and feel like this is just a big issue that they're not able to tackle on their own. So we are creating a safe environment where, where they can receive free education, free assistance, um, and build their internal network to have, uh, you know, communication and collaboration amongst each other to benchmark and share best practices. And, and it's really just magic. Um, it's, it's free magic. So I, I think that, yes, we see a lot of questions about outreach and how do we get it started and what do we do. But, you know, in having conversation with the attendees as well, they, they talk about how to, you know, um, build more inclusion or engagement or business resource groups surrounding um, disability, you know, employment and, and disability inclusion while once you, once you get people to the door, retention, what, what can we do to make sure that not only when people are hired, they stay. So it's, it's a really just great environment for a lot of collaborative um, conversation and, and relationship building and, and really moving that path forward in, in furtherance of a common goal. One thing that I don't think we have mentioned today that I would like to, to put out there is that not only are these local organizations who are coming to the table, local corporations, but through the grant funding that we have uh, received for this project and this program, um, we have been able to uh, get free assistance for organizations from a national uh, network called Disability In, and they're really one of the, the industry leaders in this area, and they are a national presence. They have affiliates um, in many of the states, if not all by now, and really do great work in being an invaluable resource. So, you know, we have been able to secure the assistance of one of their representatives for no cost at all to consortium members, um, which is just invaluable. So th- there's really great tools there, and, 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 and we bring the experts together. Joyce is there. Um, and we thank you for coming, Joyce, and, and spreading your expertise as well. But it's it's really a, a can't-miss event for Pittsburgh employers. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I think those comments are very valid. I did forget to also mention what Jeremy brought up earlier, that uh, 21 Enable, Megan Graspe and Heather from the United Way, are very involved in supporting all of the administration of this project. Isn't that correct, Jeremy? Uh, yes, and I think Kirsten mentioned this. We would not be able to do this work were not for Heather Sedlako and Megan Grabsky from the United Way. Yeah, they are awesome. I, I know them all also, and they are really great people. And Kirsten, I like the one thing you said about a safe place. That is a good point. A lot of times people are afraid to ask questions, and now they have an environment where they can ask those questions. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. When you are with colleagues from companies in the same situation as you are, and you can say, hey, what are you doing about 503? You know, how are you finding people? You know, or whatever your question is, you're able to ask those questions. And uh, when Kirsten brought up, it's a safe place, I thought, wow, that is a really a good point. 
Um, and Jeremy, talking about employment, I know that at the very first meeting um, that you were talking about the goal the group has set in reference to employment, what, what is that goal? The specific challenge that we have uh, given to all of the participating companies is that by the end of uh, the two-year process, 250 uh, people with disabilities will have uh, been hired by these specific companies. Uh, now, I personally think that that is not the only way, the only way to measure success um, because uh, as we've been talking through the entire show, uh, the fact that we have so much interest from so many companies and people have been coming back to each meeting and asking good substantive questions means that we are well on their way. Uh, so would I like to meet the 250 goal? Of course. Um, will I feel like we have accomplished uh, a huge deal uh, even if we don't get to the 250? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that this, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, we're talking about cultural change. Uh, it takes a long time to make uh, a big impact uh, in terms of the actual numbers of people hired. And uh, if we can just get companies down that path, I, I, and I think Kirsten will agree, uh, I'll feel great uh, about what we've accomplished. And Kirsten, what do you think about that? I mean, about the goal. I think the goal is appropriate. I think the goal, you know, you have to track. If you're not measuring, it doesn't matter, right? So you have to track um, the results. But to Jeremy's point, if we increase disability hiring or education, you know, even by a marginal amount, we've won because we're further ahead than we were. Um, I honestly think we will exceed the goal. Um, you know, it, it, it's 250 individuals, I think, with a, a group of passionate, committed, um, willing, and eager organizations. That is not difficult to do, especially if we are creating that environment where uh, people feel comfortable disclosing their disability or if we're tracking them appropriately through our outreach. Um, I think we're, we're going to be just fine. I, I agree with it, and, and I'm excited to, to see where we end up at the end. Yeah, I I agree with you also. And you know, once again, let's move on now to people with disabilities. If you are looking for employment, here you go. Here you go. You can get in touch with me. You can get in touch with uh, Megan at 21 Enable. You can get in touch with Jeremy. You can get in touch with Kirsten. But we are happy to receive resumes of qualified people with disabilities. And by qualified, I just mean work experience or entry level. Even entry level, if you have a degree, that's, that's enough. And high school students, now that I think about it, high school students with disabilities that have graduated, because I know um, at both companies right now on the phone, you have hired high school students that have graduated. So I'm going to say what the new CFO of Highmark, Sarab, said to me. Here's what I look for. People with a good attitude and potential. So if you have a good attitude and potential and a disability, this is a great program 
for you. It is a great program uh, because it's a program that will lead to employment. So, Kirsten, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what message do you have for companies in Pittsburgh listening to the show today? Join us. The question isn't why you should do it. It's why shouldn't you do it. You should absolutely do it. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's there's no good reason not to. We can get you easily into the group at this point, um, and, and we're excited to work with you uh, on this journey. Wow, another. Boy, Kirsten, you're having all these great, great comments today. I have to say, though, um, if you're not doing it, why wouldn't you be doing it? So true. So right on is that. And Jeremy, how about you? What message do you have for companies in Pittsburgh uh, about the consortium? Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to say what Kirsten said in just a slightly different way, which is um, you just have to get started. And you know, as I as I said earlier about sort of the biggest first hurdle about getting over your fear, um, my opinion is if you just start hiring people, that starts to change hearts and minds internally. Uh, And instead of thinking about, oh gosh, I have to hire dozens and dozens of people, just try hiring one person uh, and and see what happens. I think people will uh, quickly uh, uh, jump on the bandwagon and say, this is a pretty good thing. Oh, great advice, Jeremy. You know, my friend, Chris Griffin, who was an Obama appointee and head of the disability law practice in uh, Boston, very well known in both parties, Republican and Democrat. And she, she would say, the only way you can change the work face of America with people with disabilities is to hire someone, 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 start, start with one. You don't have to say, oh, how are we going to hire these 15, 20 people? Start with one, because I'm telling you, you hire one person with a disability and it's just going to take off from there. I want to say, Kirsten and Jeremy, in behalf of all people with disabilities listening to the show, thank you for what you're doing. With 70% of people with disabilities not counted in the workforce and double the unemployment rate, thank you so much for what you are both doing. Thank you, Joyce. You're welcome, Joyce, and thank you for having us on your show today. It's been a pleasure. Well, it was a pleasure having you, and I just want to say, if you're listening to the show, but you're thinking, oh, I wish um, you know, a colleague of mine had heard this show, you tell them, go to Apple or Spotify to get the podcast. Apple or Spotify, and you'll be able to hear this show. We end every show with a quote from someone that I believe has made a difference in the lives of people around the world. And the quote today is, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that, said 
Martin Luther King Jr. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week with Karen Hanlon, Executive Vice President from Highmark. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.